Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Iyer. All right. Well, here we are, Richard and Linda Iyer, talking about something today which we feel is perhaps, and again, I want to be careful I don't overstate this, Linda, but it may be the biggest single parenting problem in America for you. And the word that we want you to be thinking about today is entitlement. Well, we want you to think about the word entitlement and about the meaning of the word entitlement. We have been doing an informal sort of a survey as we've been out speaking to parents around the world. And uh, what we often do, it's quite interesting, we often say nominations are now in order for the biggest and most worrisome parenting problem. And, and it's pretty predictable. We've done this a dozen times or more now with, a, with fairly large audiences, and we'll always get essentially the same nominees. We'll get peer pressure. We'll get substance abuse. We'll get sibling rivalry. We'll get things about uh, bullying. And we'll always get two that are very predictable and that really dovetail with each other. One is entitlement. My kids feel entitled. They feel like they should have everything they want and have it right now and not have to wait for it or work for it. And we'll get someone that will say, well, excessive technology, too much access to technology, too many gadgets. And, of course, those two really are essentially the same thing because kids feel entitled to have those gadgets. Well, then we have a little vote, Linda, and why don't you tell about how the vote always turns out? It's amazing. I mean, we did this in a California audience. We did this uh, in a, last week. We were in a farm town in Idaho. Um, we have done this all over the United States, and it always comes out the same. I was so disappointed last week when we were in my hometown, and it still came out about 75% when you add those two, entitlement and electronics, together, 75% of the audience felt that was their biggest problem. So just think about that for a minute if you're listening today. 75% of parents say that entitlement or, another word for it, excessive technology, is the biggest single parenting problem they face, bigger than... All these other serious things like substance abuse and peer pressure and bullying and all the rest. Not to say those other things are not very, very serious. In fact, actually, I, we probably should mention, Linda, that the second biggest problem in terms of the vote of parents is actually pornography and sexual experimentation. And think right. what a serious thing that is. But that was down around 14 15% compared with 75% saying entitlement is the biggest problem they face. Well, and the reason I was disappointed is that, you know, I thought all those kids are still out moving sprinkler pipe at 4 o'clock in the morning and, you know, still out there plowing the fields and really working hard. But, you know, even in these farm communities and, and places where, and we're not saying parents can't, don't do a good job on this because there are a lot of parents that are doing a fabulous job on this. They're having their kids work their way through, earn their own money and so on. But the majority are just shaking their heads in their hands and saying, what can we do? What can we do? And, and if you haven't gathered by now or if you didn't already know, Linda grew up on a farm and entitlement was not an issue when you were growing up, honey. But it is such an issue now. And even parents 
you know, even parents who think they are doing a pretty good job with helping their kids earn their own way and pay for things and have delayed gratification, and, and frankly, there aren't a lot of parents who think they're doing a great job on that, but the ones who do still are affected by the problem because their child is surrounded by other kids who are saying, whoa, look, you don't even have a new cell phone, or look what I just got from my parents, or look what, don't you think you should have this? And so all kids are affected by it, even those whose parents are doing a pretty good job. In fact, we did a podcast a couple weeks ago, and uh, we started out on this, and the most often asked question is, what do you do? When your child says, everybody has a Wii, everybody has an iPod, an iPod you touch, you know, those things that all the kids have, and you know what, they're just about right. Just about everybody does. And if you decide you don't want to do that in your own family, you have a perfect right to say that. So we love these three words when it comes to entitlement. In our family. In our family, I'm sorry, I'm sorry that James has this and that and the other, and, and I, I think it's great that he does, but in our family, this is the way we're going to do it. And someday, someday, your kids will thank you for that. We can almost promise you that. Well, and let me add, too, Linda, that it's not... It, entitlement is a pretty broadly based problem. It's not only kids who think they need to have something right now, everything their friends have. It's even more serious when kids begin to think that they're entitled to do whatever they want, that there shouldn't be rules, that they should be able to do what they want, they should be able to do whatever their friends do, and so on. And, you know, the thing just magnified by the um, incredibly materialistic society that surrounds us, I mean, Entitlement is a big word these days, even on the macro level. It's the entitlement programs in our government that are bankrupting America. And Linda and I have come to believe over the last several months, as several years really, as we've been working with other parents around the world on this issue, that the only way we're ever going to solve or save society as a larger institution is sort of one family at a time. And, and Linda, you might want to mention we put we put something about entitlement on our blog about a year ago, and have we ever got even even a fractional response as much as we did from that particular post? No, we haven't. It, and actually, the stories become quite entertaining uh, when we read them. We say, "Please give us your entitlement story," and they just flood in. We have a daughter who has a very popular blog. She had 200 comments that included stories about entitlement, that they're just shaking their hands and saying, what do we do? I mean, it's just so difficult because these are good kids. These are not kids that have black little hearts that want to do the wrong thing. It's just that they're affected so much by everything around them. The media is the worst, probably, but also by parents who kind of, um, you know, cave into peer pressure too often. We must have to say that. I've been in that position myself. And uh, I think we have to realize as parents too, we have to let the kids know where things stop and where their ownership starts. Let me, let me just, uh, again, uh, some of you listeners may say, okay, we agree. Entitlement is a big problem. What do we do about it? But before we get to the question, what do we do about it? Let's make sure we really understand it. I'm going to share with you just a, 
a few of these hundreds of uh, examples of entitlement that parents have been sending into us over the last few months. Some of them are almost like you say, Linda, they're almost like gallows humor because, for example, here's one that says, uh, my four-year-old came to me and said, Mom, I've got to have a cell phone and a credit card or at least one of them. <laughs> That's a four-year-old. Here's another four-year-old. A few months back, my four-year-old was asked to pick up her things and straighten the bathroom she had just destroyed by giving her Barbie a bath. Her response was, but mom, isn't that what Maria is for? And then in parentheses, this mom wrote, Maria is the very kind woman who helps me clean and babysit while I work part-time from home over the last couple of years. Uh, I mean, you know, in a way that's funny, but in a way it's not funny at all. Um, well, it isn't, but at the same time it happens to all of us, not that we all have cleaning people, but, you know, it's so interesting that this would come up right at this moment because I have been, we're, I'm actually up at Bear Lake at a family reunion, and some of the family's gone, but we still have about 20 here. And um, yesterday was a rainy day, and there was, uh, I went down from, I came to home from another place. I was had my little, three little girls out on a Grammy camp adventure. Anyway, I came back to the house, and it was a disaster. I mean, it was so bad. It rained all day yesterday. The kids had been in there. Then just as I drove in, a whole carload is going up to Bloomington Lake to have fun on the swing. And I just went in there and looked at that and thought, I cannot believe this. I can't believe this. And I started cleaning. About three hours later, I thought, you know what? We're going to hire a cleaning lady to come in here and clean this up. So my daughter got back um, from this trip. Well, several daughters and several kids were in a suburban uh, up at the lake, and they came back and found out I've been doing that. And I said, you know, I'm just going to hire somebody because, you know, everybody needs to have fun, and they just want to talk, and nobody wants to clean. And my daughter looked right straight at me, and she said, Mom, you know what that is? Entitlement. Those kids <laughs> should have cleaned that up before they well, They really do have to learn. Let me read just a couple more. Now that I'm looking at them, I can't tear myself away. Um, with us, here's a, here's a quote, with us, the entitlement problem comes from the grandparents. My kids think that if they don't take care of their stu stuff, it's okay, because even though mom says they have to earn and replace it, grandma will just buy them another one. <laughs> uh, yep. So there's another Although. dimension of the problem. Here's one from a teacher. This is interesting. As a teacher, I'm faced with the entitlement problem on a daily basis. Instant gratification is the norm. It's let's give all the kids a trophy or a medal for every little thing they do. Teaching our kids the tough lessons is just that, tough. And I wish more parents would quit giving everything to everyone. And then yeah, here, let me, here's let me just here. Let me just jump in on that because it just yeah. applies so much to something. We just had um, at our family reunion, we had a little race. And we had five little boys that are similar in age, but there's a year difference in some of them. And this one little boy had been practicing the whole year. We didn't realize that at the time, but to be fast. And he's not fast. He's just not fast. And he lost. And the one who won gave him a big hug, but he was howling, howling. You know, and everyone was trying to make him feel better about it. Like, you're so good at other things. And, but I wanted to win the race. I mean, sometimes they just have to fail. And it just, it hurts. But they have to just fail and then go on because we all have those experiences. We all have to fail in order to really learn our lessons. 
So see, that's another, I, I, we're just pointing out that this is a multifaceted, many dimensions to this entitlement problem, um, one of which is, you know, kids get bailed out all the time. They never have to try yeah. to solve their own issues. They get bailed out, they get a trophy, even if they did terribly in something. Here, here's an interesting comment, an, an email from a, uh, from a professional. She says, as the HR director of a medium-sized company, I get so tired of having high school graduates walk into my office demanding pay increases and management titles because they have worked there for more than six months and think they're now entitled to be recognized and rewarded. So the point is, we're just not doing our kid. Oh, and let me say one other thing. Often on this survey where we ask what's the most serious parenting problem, we also ask, what do you think is causing the problem? And we give, we give respondents four choices. Is it the government's fault because they're, you know, they're, they're, they're providing an entitlement mentality on a macro level? Is it media's fault because they're trying to make us want things and want them instantly and want instant gratification? Is it, uh, the society as a whole? Is that who we blame? Or number four, is it the parents' fault? And what's really interesting is that, <laughs> About 60 to 70 percent say uh, it's the parents' fault, <laughs> and, and a lot of times, a lot of times, it's caused by parents who are trying to to sort of give things to their kids because they're not able to give them as much time as they'd like to give. Yeah, in fact, you haven't read the one the comment about the mom whose little nine-year-old came up and gave her a big hug when she'd been gone for a week on a business trip and. At dinner, he was just so sweet and so on. And then after dinner, he said, Mom, you missed my band concert while I, while you were gone. Do you think you could just buy me a Wii game to make up for that? You know, there are yeah. so much of that going on because parents are distracted and they feel like they can make up for it by getting their kids stuff. And it just, it doesn't help. It just exacerbates the problem. Now, let, let me ask you this as, as listeners. So what? So we've got an entitlement problem. Is it really that bad? What's the pro- why, why should we worry so much about our kids having these attitudes of entitlement? Well, it is pretty obvious what the answer to that question is. What, what's happening is that we're, we're without, without intending to, as parents, we're giving our kids indulgence rather than consequences. We're giving them instant rather than delayed gratification. We're giving them a sort of a laxness rather than discipline, rather than self-discipline. We're giving them dependence instead of independence. I mean, the problem with entitlement is not so much what it is, it's what it eliminates. It's what it takes away from a child. It takes away initiative, takes away motivation, it takes away creativity and the ability to sort of figure things out and get them done. And so we have literally spent, what would you say, Linda, conservatively the last five years as we've spoken to parents and sort of got inputs from parents trying to work out the antidote to the problem of entitlement. And, right. um, and, you know, really it's only been a huge issue the last five years or so. I mean, I don't remember this being that much. Of course it was when our kids were growing up. But now it's just so huge, and it's amazing that it's taken us this long, really, to figure it out. 
um, we have one big word that we feel is makes all the difference in entitlement. And before you tell it, before, before you tell it, let me tell a story, honey. Okay. This is, you know, these things for a lot of us as parents. I think if you're listening as a parent, you'll agree. You get these little epiphanies, and they sort of add up, and you finally start figuring out what's really wrong and how to fix it. And uh, several, many years ago, we had a son who came home one day, and this is just a tip of the iceberg kind of a story, but it sort of illustrates the point. He came home uh, from school, and it was wintertime, and we're in Utah, and it's pretty cold here, and it's actually the late winter, early spring, and he was missing one of his shoes. He comes walking in in this little sopping stocking foot, and I said, Josh, where is your shoe? And he said, well, the, the snow is melting, Dad, and I, 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 my friend and I needed a boat, and I used my shoe, and it worked really well. It was just zipping down the ditch. And I said, but where is it? And he said, well, it went under the road in the tunnel, and it never came out. And <laughs> I'm like the typical parent. I'm like, Josh, do you know how much that shoe cost? And, of course, he says no. And then it finally occurs to him that I'm pretty mad at him. And so, as kids often do, he kind of got mad back and got a little defiant, put his little hands on his hips and said an amazing thing that started my epiphany. He said, well, it was actually your shoe because you bought it and you'll probably have to buy me another one now, won't you? Well, after I got over my impulse to, uh, I sometimes have these instincts that lead me toward corporal punishment, Linda. (laughs) (laughs) But oh, I, I, luckily they don't. You don't follow through too often. But you know that's what it makes you feel like. God, that's what it makes you feel like. But then I realized Josh had just given me an answer. The reason he doesn't take care of his shoe is he doesn't perceive ownership. The reason he throws his shirt on the ground and doesn't hang it up is because he doesn't perceive ownership. The reason people don't take care of a rental car is because they don't own it. The reason grown-ups take better care of a house if they own it than if they are renting it is because ownership is the prerequisite to responsibility. And what we need to work on is ways to help our children, even even quite small children, down to maybe six or seven years old. Younger than that, you're never going to get anywhere with them on ownership. In fact, we'll give you a, a method that works with younger kids. But once they're six, seven, eight, it's time for them to start feeling that they own their clothes, they own their money, they own the things that they buy with that money. And once they feel that ownership, they begin to take care of those things. Now, the problem is, most of us give our kids an allowance that is not clearly and definitively connected to earning. Therefore, they see the money as our money rather than their money, and they see the things they buy as not belonging to them. And again, without the ownership, they will never feel responsibility. Well, actually, they do feel ownership because they feel entitled to have the money they get for an allowance. And and I don't know. Ah, but it's not ah, but that's a good point, Linda. It's not earned ownership. It's like if you if you're a baseball fan, it's like an unearned run. It's like 
they don't really own it because they didn't earn it. It's, it's a false ownership. It's an entitled ownership, just like you said. We need to give our ch- kids a chance to feel this earned ownership. I earned it. It's mine. I will therefore take care of it. Right. And, I mean, everybody has to figure out their own system. We figured out a system that worked with our kids. Our kids are still trying, working on figuring out systems and have actually taken that system and made it better in a lot of cases. But um, you do have to think about how can you transfer the ownership to the child. You just keep thinking, how can I put the ownership in this child's hands so that he doesn't feel entitled? And it's quite a job. It takes a lot of concentrated effort and a lot of mental work to make it work. And on our, on our next radio show, we're going to get further into something we call a family economy, which is essentially a way of helping fairly small kids. Again, I would say probably the youngest you can try this on would be a seven-year-old, where you are actually assigning certain things that happen in the common area of the home. We don't think a child should be paid to clean his own room, but if he is the one in charge of the hallway or the back steps or whatever, and that's something everyone uses, and if he's the one on his own initiative that checks on that and gets it taken care of and cleaned up every day, then there's an opportunity for him to earn some of the money that comes into that family and perceive it as his own and begin to to believe that he owns the things that he buys with it. But we're not going to get deeply into that until our next show. But before we end this one, Linda, let's 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 differentiate a little bit between different ages of kids. Right, exactly. We need to talk about preschoolers. We we often give this talk to parents, and then at the very end they say, oh, I'm going to go home and whip my four-year-old into shape. He's going to start earning his own money and so on. And we just go, wait, 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 wait. We have, you have to realize that a child deserves a childhood. I mean, you know, just you have to realize that fun and games is the only way you can reach those preschoolers and not have them feel resentful and so on. And they are just little kids. So we have a little system which Richard has perfected um, at our house. I use, it, I use it with, with, grand, I use it with yeah. grandkids now. I use it, I use it with grandkids, uh, and it's, it's even more effective with them than it was with our children. But before I tell you this little fun method, let me just re- underscore what Linda just said. Um, in fact, you may want to, you may want, you say this probably better than I do, honey, but, uh, you know, kids who are, well, you know, we, we actually have a phrase we use in our, in our church that is the age of accountability. And we believe that comes at about age eight. But there, there is, whether, whether it's a religious belief or not, all parents are sort of aware that there comes a time around seven, eight years old where children begin to feel actually flattered by responsibility when you say, hey, you're old enough to do this or you're old enough to do that. They begin to get it, in other words. Younger kids, it is a mistake to try to teach them something as heavy as responsibility. If you've got a four- or five-year-old, frankly, the best methods to use with that child are two in number, Stories and games, wouldn't you say, Linda? Yeah, absolutely. We have about uh, 10 little preschoolers at our house at this moment, and we know that for sure. 
<laughs> now we're doing this family reunion. But let me tell you a little the kind of a precursor method for getting a little more order in your home. Um, just go get a laundry bag and uh, get a big one, get a colorful one if you can, and, and put some eyes on it and put a nose on it and let the drawstring opening be its mouth. Introduce the crazy guy to your preschoolers and say, this is Gunny Bag, or give him whatever name you want. But he is an interesting character because he lives in the basement or in the closet or in the attic or wherever is out of the way. But he comes out at unexpected, unannounced moments, and guess what he eats? He eats the toys and the clothes that are not put away. And if you really ham it up and have a good time with this, your little preschoolers will develop an almost instant love-hate relationship with Gunnybag. Oh, no, he's going to eat my toys, but he's kind of cute and he talks and, you know, and... and uh, then the next time you want them to clean up instead of the old harangue, like, when are you kids going to learn to be responsible and put away your clothes and hang that shirt up and blah, blah, blah? Instead of the old lecture, it'll now be a game where you essentially say, oh, I think I heard a little scratching noise. I wonder if Gunny Bag's coming. Oh, my gosh, I think he is. And the kids run around and put everything away. Put it uh, straighten their rooms up. Everything's tidy. And poor Gunny Bag comes and he can't find anything to eat. But sometimes he does eat some things, doesn't he, Linda? Sometimes he, he finds a tender morsel or two. Oh, yeah. Yeah, actually quite often. <laughs> but I, I do have to say that that doesn't mean four-year-olds and five-year-olds can't really uh, earn their stuff. I mean, they love the star charts and the sticker charts and stuff where they can earn. In fact, we've had these little kids working at the reunion like little troopers. We had four uh, kids under five doing dishes, sitting on the counter, handing them to each other because they were so excited. They were, they got a badge for doing that, and they were so thrilled. And, you know, little kids want to earn, if they want to earn a candy bar, they can earn a quarter at a time by doing little jobs and so on. We There certainly are ways that kids can feel a fulfillment and a little ownership of the stuff they buy when they're little. But yeah, that's, that's life, a good you know? point. I'm glad you mentioned that. We're not saying that young preschoolers are incapable of sort of understanding, you know, rewards and, and uh, working for things and feeling the satisfaction of, of getting those rewards. We're just saying that this big deal family economy, which is very involved and involves checkbooks and a family bank and other things, we're going to tell you all about it next show. And it's it's a little too advanced for these young kids. But Games, you know, again, a star chart or, or, you know, a reward game or if you save up this much, we'll take you to the store and so on. Those are all good precursors, and they're, they're basically games that prepare a child to become responsible when he's a little older. But, Linda, I like the twist on the gummy bag back to the game with the eating the toys and so on where he comes back on Saturday. Yeah, he comes back on Saturday, and we we said he's going to throw up and our three-year-old said dad regurgitate and we said okay he's going to regurgitate so he throws up the stuff well he regurgitates the stuff that are in the bag and then we said you know come and put your stuff away come on put your stuff away they get the things that they love and then they just um have a big pile of stuff still sitting on the floor and we say wait 
wait, come and get your Legos, get your stuff. And they go, oh, we don't know who that is. We don't even like it. We don't want it. So we take it off to Goodwill. It's just a great way to simplify your house and clear out the clutter that nobody even knows what it is. Well, we're running out of time for this show, but we, we have so enjoyed being with you. And, again, we want you to look forward to the next show when we'll talk about a more in-depth family economy that will actually have the objective of helping elementary and middle school age kids to perceive ownership of the money they have to spend and of the things that they buy with that money. And I hope that you're, you're understanding that one of the things both Linda and I feel so strongly about is that parenting needs to be fun. It needs to be something that you enjoy. It needs to be something that creates a good feeling, a good spirit in your home. And uh, that's what we'll be trying to do every week on this show is to share some ideas with you. Not that we have all the ideas or that we've perfected them in any way, but ideas that will get you thinking about more creative and more joyful ways to parent your unique children in your unique situation. So we challenge you to really think a little bit about the entitlement at your house. Um, and um, think of maybe examples that you would like to have solved, and we'll try to address that next week. Um, we appreciate the great parents that we are talking to because we realize only great parents listen to stuff like this, right, Richard? 